0: Hey, who's a swell mob in the back there?
1: They're the commissioners.
0: In the gravy, huh? How'd they
1: get there? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo? No. Elections. We vote for them. How cute. Hello, and welcome to The Screen Test of Time, the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture. I'm Susan Araslin.
0: I'm David Daw.
1: And this week, we watched. Boys Town, starring Spencer Tracy and Mickey Rooney.
0: And a veritable town of boys.
1: <laughs> yes, they are. A quite literal town of boys, yes. What was your feeling about this movie, David? You know,
0: I'm going to backtrack from what I'm about to say a little bit over the course of the podcast, but a little bit, I found this movie to be our first like so bad it's good movie since like seventh heaven
1: wow that is since literally the first nominee so 83 movies
0: ago (laughs) right but like that kind of makes sense because like that's kind of the like not really the flaw in the project but the flaw in the project in terms of like the effect on my soul (laughs) is that like We're just going to have good and bad movies most of the time, right? Because it's, like, Academy Award nominated. Usually means you're not going to have, like, Sharknado. But this (laughs) feels so much like a movie that you could cut two scenes and three lines and just cast Kirk Cameron in this tomorrow. (laughs) Because it feels like that. It feels like a fucking, like, left-behind style. All the, like, villains in this piece are so not... (laughs) recognizably human in that like Christian co-production kind of a way.
1: Are there villains in this movie other than like
0: the structure of society? Well, see, that's the weird thing is like, because there's the newspaper man. We should say generally, because there's not really a whole lot of plot to this movie. The plot is Father Flanagan, who was a real life figure who, when I'm making fun of Spencer Tracy at length, I want to make it clear, I'm not making fun of the actual Father Flanagan.
1: We don't know anything about him other than this movie, so we would be unable to.
0: And from this movie, he was the greatest human being who ever fucking lived, which I bet wasn't true.
1: But he might have been. He might have we been. We don't know. We don't
0: know. Anyway, Father Flanagan goes to go see a guy on Death Row. And the guy on Death Row gives a big impassioned speech about how society is super shitty to young boys who come from broken homes, like Death Row inmates often do.
1: I want to just interject here that I felt like that monologue was incredible and whoever that actor was deserved to be nominated for an Oscar despite being in the movie for like five minutes. Oh, yes. And it was the first of seven times I cried in this movie.
0: (laughs) It is so totally disconnected from the rest of the film is why... That scene is weird. It is a very affecting scene in the moment.
1: It's way less melodramatic than the rest of the movie. And I, again, I cried seven times in this movie. That was the only time where I cried where I wasn't like, I'm mad because I can see how this is pulling on my heartstrings and I'm pissed about it. And that was like, oh my God, this is really devastating.
0: (laughs) Yes. Here is the thing. It's like we were talking about with uh, Captain's Courageous, where like this story just inevitably works. It's just going to work. I think it works despite the fact that Spencer, Tracy, and almost every single child part is miscast in this film.
1: I'm going to disagree with you, but we should get through the plot.
0: With, like, one or two exceptions. Anyway, he then has... The science just wasn't there yet on, like, voiceover of, like, the previous scene running in your head. So there's this very weird scene... Where Father Flanagan is on the train on the way back from the prison after the guy has been executed, where it seems like somebody in the seat next to him is just babbling incoherently about like, broken home, broken home. If somebody, if, just one friend, one friend, if I'd only had one friend, t- t- child home, child home.
1: It's literally two word phrases repeated twice, all of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's very strange, but it's like, oh, okay. This is where he gets the idea to have a, like, home for young boys. Then there's about 20 minutes of everybody going, it can't be done. You can't do it. It can't be done. And then, like, there are very small moments of them actually having a problem, but mostly things just continue on a pace while people tell him it can't be done.
1: Most of the moments of it can't be done are like, But look at our big mortgage. And then they just ask for donations and like with change in envelopes come to have enough money to put down a down payment for several acres and then build like this incredibly beautiful red brick mansion that the kids live in. Which to be fair, like it's a mansion for a couple hundred kids. Yeah, It's not like one kid is living in a mansion.
0: But it is, it's weird. We are going to get into how weird Boys Town seems in this movie once we get into the part where we're actually in Boys Town for an extended period of time, which is once this sort of career criminal comes to Father Flanagan and says, like, my little brother doesn't have it in him. He can't be part of the mob that I'm implied to be in. So you got to go get my little brother Whitey and bring him to Boys Town. And Whitey is Mickey Rooney... In the part of the movie where he's not miscast where he is a, like, 12-year-old boy playing 35.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's basically a 12-year-old boy who has seen entirely too many gangster films. Yes. And he plays it perfectly.
0: Yes. And they bring him to Boys Town, and he's like, I've taken a shine to this place. I'm going to see what you mugs are going to be all about. There's sort of two other, I guess three, but really two other kids you have to care about besides Whitey. One is the current school president that immediately, like, why he's he doesn't- the
1: mayor of Boys Town. Yes. Do not the... disparage him as school
0: president. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's the mayor of God. We're going to fucking get into the goddamn, like, Lord of the flies shit that is how Boys Town is supposed to run. And
1: his name is Tommy Anderson. <laughs>
0: Tommy Anderson, the whitest boy alive, mayor of Boystown.
1: Boy, he is the whitest boy alive.
0: And one of the other characters is Mickey Rooney and named Whitey. And... Uh he and Whitey don't get along, but Whitey does get along with adorable little Pee Wee because he invents breakdancing in front of Pee-Wee and Pee-Wee fucking loves it.
1: Yeah, that scene was wild too. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? What did yeah. you, he just straight up drop to a, a shoulder stand? Yeah it was really weird like it's yeah I, like I did not know that that was a thing I think
0: it wasn't I think Mickey Rooney just couldn't stand on his head and so did this other weird thing instead and accidentally invented break dancing <laughs> But anyway, he and Pee-wee really get along, but he doesn't get along with anybody else in the entire school and has like a bunch of antics that culminates in him trying to win the school presidency. The but he mayorship
1: of Boys fucking, Town. It's
0: why it doesn't make any sense. He's not the mayor. Ugh. Um, <laughs> They're their own town. It is implied. It is. Okay, in Act 3, it is implied that they are, in fact, their own town and have incorporated that, like, the cops don't have jurisdiction in Boystown, Town, which is absurd.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't,
0: I, <laughs> <that's>, I cannot <laughs> believe that is true. But Whitey loses the run for mayor ugh, and gets so upset about it, he decides to march out and Pee Wee is like, no, 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 my best friend, and comes out and gets tragically hit by a car Whitey like runs off in shame to town where he just happens to stand out. No,
1: first he picks up Pee-Wee and takes him back to Boys Town and then he leaves in shame. You're right. He didn't just leave Pee-wee in the middle of the street. He has, like, a full-on sobbing breakdown.
0: Which is honestly Mickey Rooney's best point of acting in the entire movie.
1: Oh, man, I cried twice during that breakdown.
0: It is such whiplash, though, because his absolute best acting is his breakdown and crying about Pee-wee getting hit by a car. And his absolute worst acting is the, like, wandering through the streets of Dayton, Ohio, being battered by just the pedestrians.
1: They're in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay,
0: whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Flyover country. Am I right? Coastal elites.
1: Oh. Anyway,
0: they're in Omaha, Nebraska. But he like wanders through the streets in a daze because he thinks he's killed Peewee, which I'm saying like that because his acting during that part isn't very good. And he just happens to stand outside of a bank that is being robbed by his older brother and ends up getting shot in the leg. His older brother, who is like mysteriously the best guy alive, who isn't Father Flanagan, despite the fact that he's like a mobster, drags him to a nearby church and like takes care of him and and calls up Father Flanagan and then like runs off so the cops can't catch him. And Father Flanagan takes Whitey back and is a fucking cop and tries to get Whitey to turn on his older brother because he doesn't know it's his older brother. The cops are just like, hey, why was this like kid who talks like a gangster found outside of a bank robbery <laughs> with a bullet in his leg Father Flanagan has to go off for plot reasons I guess to like go talk to the newspaper man but nothing happens in that scene so he just goes off for plot reasons yes and Mickey Rooney sneaks out to go see his brother the other boys who still don't trust him go and find where he snuck off to Mickey Rooney does a big impassioned speech about how he's just like gotta confess he like can't be responsible for Boys Town getting shut down because the cops are going to... It is unclear to me because for the entire rest of the film, the problem is they can't pay their bills. But then in the last act, it's like he ran afoul of the law, so they're going to shut down Boys Town. The cops are just going to come for all the past due bills, I guess.
1: I think the idea is they're going to shut it down because they think that Boys Town is harboring criminals, which, like, not inaccurate.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but like also weird because Boys Town, as we've established, is a sovereign nation with its own laws that will <laughs> one day rule us all anyway father flanagan brings his child army to the farmhouse where mickey rooney and his older brother are the uh, child
1: army were already marching and he's like where are all the boys and then he goes to join them and they're like don't interfere with us, Father Flanagan. And he's like, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm going to march with you. Douse the lights. We're going. Which I also want to point out that Whitey is being held against his will at the house where his brother and his two gangster compatriots are because the two other gangsters won't let him go.
0: But I also also want to point out, Father Flanagan and all the kids do not know that. <laughs>
1: Right. But Um, I just just want our listeners to know that Whitey's not just like, yeah, I'm going to hole up with my gangster brother and his pals.
0: They just come and in a scene that presages Night of the Living Dead, destroy this farmhouse. Oh, man. Just absolutely wreck the shit out of it. It is a
1: total zombie movie. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: I guess a couple of them have baseball bats that appear even though we don't see them carrying them to the house. But, like, the door just fucking collapses. And, to be fair, it's probably made of balsa wood. <laughs> yes. They don't kick the door in off its hinges. They just, like, shatter the door and a bunch of the windows and, like, climb in as one.
0: The entire, like, fixture the door is in just Kool-Aid Man-style bursts <laughs> into the building. <laughs> It is crazy, but they, as a result, like, rescue Mickey Rooney and stop the criminals, and Mickey Rooney, like, confesses to everything, and then, for some reason... Despite the fact that the entire movie, while he's been doing, like, great works, everybody's been like, Hey, Father Flanagan, go fuck yourself. They're rewarded with a ton of donations for, like, finding these bank robbers, and all of their financial problems are solved. And he's, like, gonna make an even bigger boy's town to save even more underprivileged boys. And Whitey is, for some reason, elected mayor, because, like, fuck the nervous little handicapped kid that the entire rest of the movie has been about. We all love Whitey now.
1: Well, to be fair, the disabled kid is the one who calls for Whitey to be elected, which everybody apparently unanimously agrees to, even though no one raises their hands, they just stand up and cheer, which I suppose is as good.
0: But it's also like, I don't quite understand why Whitey is the hero of this story, but that's fine. (laughs) Then Father Flanagan gets to confirm the, like, theme of the film, which is that there's no such thing as a bad boy. Whitey was the greatest test of all, and even he, it turned out, was a good boy inside all along. And the two of them hug while Mickey Rooney is crying, and that's the end of the movie.
1: That is the movie. (laughs) So the times I cried in this movie, the first scene monologue, obviously... There is a pawnbroker who is like sort of the unwilling philanthropist sponsor of Boys Town from the beginning, whose window gets broken shortly after the first scene with the condemned criminal who's gonna die. And some boys get arrested and Father Flanagan is like, how can you even prove that any one of them was the one who threw the rock? And somehow this is enough to convince the pawnbroker to, like, give him free furniture and $50 to start his first home for boys. But, like, the first Christmas comes and all the boys are sad because... They're going to eat cornmeal mush and all the toys they have are like junk that Spencer Tracy has picked up off the street. And then the pawnbroker shows up and has like all of these gifts and a turkey. And at one point when the kids are all like happily unwrapping their gifts, he says to Spencer Tracy, am I late? And Spencer Tracy is like, if ever anyone was on time, you are. And I cried. Because the kids were so sad about having a shitty Christmas and then he came in and saved it. I
0: did not cry during this film, but I I was affected by several things. That was not one of them. My reaction to that scene was, honestly, though, could have been about five minutes faster. Could have saved those kids a lot of crying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The next time that I cried is when Tommy, who is the boy who is some... How like nebulously disabled, like he's not able to walk and has some kind of orthopedic shoe, which because it's the 30s, looks like a torture instrument. He is thinking about running for mayor or he just wants to be mayor, but he knows that nobody will ever vote for him. And Father Flanagan is like, you know, there was a boy once who also wasn't able to walk. And then a lot of people cheered him on for a long time and he became president of the United States. And then Tommy with tears in his eyes says, and I only want to be mayor of Boystown someday. And I was like, all right, I'm crying for FDR now.
0: Oh, see, I thought that was about Lincoln because they're very specifically was sick for a long time and you're not supposed to know about FDR yet.
1: Yeah, but everybody knew. That's why they didn't say FDR, but literally everyone in the U.S. knew. It was just like a whole thing where people pretended that they didn't. People didn't know that he couldn't walk, but they knew that he had been sick for a long time.
0: Uh, yeah, I mm, I still I still think it's supposed to be Lincoln, but either way...
1: The point is, I interpreted it as FDR and I cried.
0: <laughs> I, e- either way, it was the scene that made me decide this movie was so bad it was good. Was specifically the way that kid goes... Gosh, and I only want to be mayor of Boys Town.
1: (laughs) God, that was was really good. That was a really, really good uh, impression. Thank you. Shortly after that was the next time I cried, which was Tony's election, because he stands up in his election speech after Whitey has like marched in with a brass band and been like, don't be a sucker and vote for me. And of course, it's running on the Bull Moose ticket, which I find hilarious that in 1939, there was anyone who was like, yeah, that's still a party. Like, was it even a party for anyone other than Teddy Roosevelt ever?
0: See, uh, to me, the whole point of that bit was Whitey's entire plan was to, like, effectively run on not giving a shit. His entire campaign is a joke, and so, like, wouldn't it be funny if I ran as the Bull Moose Party candidate?
1: See, I also thought that, too, until the very end of the movie when there's another election and there's somebody else who was running on the Bull Moose ticket.
0: That's wild. Okay. Yeah. I missed that. Because
1: I thought the same thing of like, oh, yeah, it would be like me in the US running for president as a Tory. Yeah. Though I guess like there's still Tories in England, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, like running as the Whig Party representative for student council. Yeah,
1: there we go. So after that whole thing... Tony stands up and his speech is like, the best thing for Boys Town is to reelect Tommy because he's wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And then Father Flanagan is like, hey, hey, wait a minute. Isn't Tony great? And then Tommy's like, yeah. Everybody who wants Tony to be mayor raise your hand. And then of course, everyone raises his hand. And Tody, who is like, to me, the most affecting crier of the many, many, many children who cry in this movie.
0: He is the best child actor in this film.
1: Yeah. He tears up and I lost it again.
0: Oh, see, this scene did work for me. But the thing that made it work for me is the part where Father Flanagan like comes in for the hug and then goes, see, You tried to give it away and they gave it back to you. That's a real gift. And I was like, oh, Christ. Okay, that works. Oh, Jesus.
1: Yeah, that was the part where I cried. Yeah.
0: That was the closest I came to crying in the whole movie.
1: (laughs) Then the next two times I cried were both around Petey's near death when whitey is like holding him in the streets and rocking him and like trying to get him to wake up and he i mean Wee straight up looks dead like his head is flopping around and i was like oh my god this is so traumatic and then they take him into to boys town and the doctor comes and there's like a nurse and father flanagan and he's clearly not dead or else they wouldn't be treating him for anything but Whitey is standing in the door, and the nurse comes over and is like, You can't be in here, I'm sorry. And his face, which is like tear streaked, just crumples. Mickey Rooney has a really good crumple face.
0: Mickey Rooney is a surprisingly good, ugly crier. Oh, yeah. More movies should have called on him to do it. Because when it is just like, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks, I've just lost it completely. He's such a bad, affected actor. But when he is supposed to be kind of genuine in some way, he's actually really good.
1: He's funny in his whole things where he's like, I'm gonna take over this town. Like, it's entertaining, but in a very kids movie of this period way. It is strange to see that flip in him.
0: Yeah. The only problem I have with that section is Pee-wee is just so marked for death. He's just such a cute kid from scene one that you're like, oh, God, what are they going to do to Pee-wee? Fuck.
1: I actually thought that, (laughs) like, from the moment where he kept trying to hold Whitey's hand and Whitey kept being like, no, Mm -hmm. and just like, taking his hand away, Yeah, I thought, oh God, they're going to kill this kid.
0: You're right that like it is really effective when they hit him with the car where you're like, oh God, I didn't think they were going to do that to him. And then <laughs> that five minute stretch is Mickey Rooney's best acting in the whole movie. And it kind of effectively covers up the biggest problem with the movie, which is that from the moment Whitey is introduced, you're like, When's he going to get one over to Boys Town? Like that whole stretch of him not liking Boys Town is like, when is he going to be the most Boys Town boy of them all?
1: The thing about that, though, is I wasn't so much bothered by the writing on the wall being so clear because it like I love sports movies. And with one single exception, they all follow the exact same pattern, which is like the underdog wins against all odds at the end in the big sports finale. Yes. In the finals or whatever, with the exception of Friday Night Lights, which is why that movie is fucking devastating. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and that show is one of the best shows ever made.
1: See, I've never watched the show because the movie fucked me up so badly.
0: You should watch the show because the pilot is basically the movie, and then the show is like what happens to that town afterwards, and it's a great show. But the point is, I agree with you that I don't think it is a knock against this movie, that it's kind of predictable, and I in fact think the kind of predictable Mickey Rooney plot is significantly better than the Father Flanagan biopic that is the other, like, third of this movie.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. Because it is two really specific movies. One is, like, Little Boy Gangster gets won over and becomes a good kid. And the other story is, like, here is the real-life tale of Father Flanagan. And that part is, like, well, it's just not very well developed. Because, like you said, the conflicts that they always have are just, like, somebody shows up with the receipts every third of the movie to be like, we're going to get shut down.
0: The thing I was saying made this like a Kirk Cameron vehicle is the first scene with the newspaper guy, where the newspaper guy's objection to Boystown isn't the actual objection anyone would have, which is just like, on we, right? They're just like, yeah, there's a lot of problems in the world and a limited amount of money and like, shit's bad. It's the 30s. And is instead like, listen here, Father Flanagan, some people think that you're... Boys' Town is a tacit endorsement of the idea that we shouldn't yet let young boys die in the street and then <laughs> kick their corpses.
1: Uh, that's not word for word, but it's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He literally is like, are you going to tell me it's unchristian to just let God sort him out is basically his argument. (laughs) At one point, he specifically asks if it's unchristian to not have any sense of charity for young boys that come from broken homes.
1: (laughs) The other argument that he has is that it is implicit that he disagrees with the system and I was like, "The system, like the man, yeah, like this is such a completely ludicrous non-argument and that any newspaper would be like well yes but see we're in the business of just making sure that things continue as they always have without criticism
0: that whole thing of like all the obstacles are artificial and don't have any substance to them and Father Flanagan's the greatest man that ever lived and never makes any mistakes is like honestly why Spencer Tracy is miscast in this film I think he does good work with all the child actors but all the parts where he is supposed to be this sainted Christianly figure There's always a thing with Spencer Tracy where I'm like, what's your fucking angle, dude? (laughs) Well, like what do you re- what do you really want out of this? And like that is not the energy you want out of a guy that's running a home for young boys because none of the answers are good. It's- if the answer is not good Christian charity, all the answers are bad
1: and it's such a striking difference between the way that he interacts with the children and how affecting and good that is versus the way that he interacts with adults and how checked out he seems to be from like the reality of the finances of this place. To the point where there's a scene where he is in the office and like the pawnbroker and then the newspaper guy that he's like sort of gotten on his side at this point, but who will betray him immediately in the end. Yeah. And they're talking about the money issues or whatever. And Pee-wee comes in because they have this whole thing where Pee-wee searches for candy that's in his desk, which is always in the middle drawer. And the switch from... Spencer Tracy just basically like treading water in the scene and delivering his lines to being really engaged when he's interacting with these kids is so dramatic and so clear in that specific scene because it's the one time where you really get both of those things happening at the same time. I think that the movie makes Boys Town seem great and makes Father Flanagan seem great But it is not the parts of the movie that are about the founding and running of Boys Town. Which, to be fair, is kind of a boring story... Maybe.
0: It, well, I don't know. Because to me, it's like, how did this bizarre society come to be, is what I think for the entire middle third of this movie, where they have their own, like, town governance, and like, Father Flanagan just declares apropos of nothing, like, I see this fight is unavoidable, but we're gonna do it according to Hoyle. And then they apparently have, like, a town boxing ring for when when the boys just have to fight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't just let you fight outside of the ring. We're doing this correctly. That was also, by the way, one of the moments where I was like, is this just a callback to an old San Francisco where he also plays a boxing priest? Yes.
0: Those two movies do seem weirdly in continuity with each other.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's sort of like his character in San Francisco goes on to become Father Flanagan and found Boys Town after the San Francisco fire.
0: (laughs) There's all this wild stuff about the way the mayor and the counselorships work in Boys Town where you're like, Okay, but Father Flanagan actually has final say over everything, right? Or it's just like everybody just happens to make the exact decision Father Flanagan suggests to them every time about everything? Where it's like, is it a put-on? Or what would actually happen if the mayor was like, we are ending capitalism in Boystown." And the law has no purchase here. What does Father Flanagan do in that scenario? Uh,
1: I mean, I don't know, but I totally want to see that movie.
0: <laughs> he's always there in the counselor meetings. I, I mean, this is just like my own thing, but it was like, I want to read the charter for Boys Town, you know? Like tell me, tell me how this town works more, because this is crazy.
1: Yeah, it's an, it's it's a lot. And the last time that I cried was when Whitey was giving his acceptance speech at the end when they made him mayor because he couldn't give a speech because he was so like tongue tied and so moved that he's crying. And I'm a sucker for Mickey Rooney ugly crying.
0: Once he starts crying, it works. The actual speech itself, I would have heckled that kid.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if he hadn't started crying, it would have just been like, were the screenwriters so lazy that they couldn't write
0: him a speech? Right. Because the speech is like, I wish I could find the way to say something. And if I could find a way to say something, I'd say it. And it's like, you just said that.
1: He said, I wish I could think of something to say, and if I could think of something to say, I wish I could say it.
0: Those mean the same thing.
1: Which is not all that different, but...
0: Hire the kid with the leg brace as a (laughs) speechwriter.
1: I mean, I thought that the movie was extremely sentimental to the point of being sappy. But, like, it kind of works.
0: I agree. I don't hate this movie. I think it is... Like I say, I was going to backtrack from So Bad It's Good because it's not quite actually. It avoids a lot of the pitfalls of actually being, like, a Hallmark movie or a Kirk cameron vehicle that it clearly influences. Like, those clearly came from this. Right. But, like... There's the great scene where, like, you see all the kids praying and all the different things they can be. And they specifically have Whitey be like, well, I don't believe in anything. Well, we don't care. You can go on not believing in anything. It avoids a lot of the, like, there's almost a scene where, like, Whitey tries to find salvation through prayer. But then all the other kids are like, nah, you killed Pee-wee. We don't give a shit. And Whitey, like, (laughs) runs off it doesn't do that thing where like faith in the bonju is going to save whitey in the end that i think like a movie that actually was a like so bad it's good christian vehicle would do um but it it shares a lot of that dna you know
1: yeah i mean i haven't actually seen the uh what are they called movies
0: uh left behind
1: the left behind movies i always want to call them the forgotten i don't know why because
0: <laughs> that's a way better name
1: <laughs> uh and i know you had to watch them for work so uh, yeah i mean like i'm never gonna watch them for any reason so i can't I, I, here's the thing: like i don't have any frame of reference i guess is what i'm saying but like i trust you that that is true
0: well, I mean, the, the scene that really reminded me of it was that first scene with the newspaper man. The one I was actually thinking of, which I have not seen and I've only read, is the one where Kevin Sorbo plays the, like, college professor that is like, if you say the word Christ in my classroom, I'm gonna f- fucking shit on your mom's grave. It's just like shit that never happened dot text. Like, it's, it's what? just like this, it's this weird disconnected version. <laughs> Of what an atheist is like for people who've never met an atheist but really wants to see one, like, get shot down.
1: Well, and also colleges don't allow any religion ever to be mentioned.
0: Right, exactly. It's like that where, like, there is an actual conflict here and there is a person you don't like who actually does have a shitty opinion this has no connection to that person. It's just this weird non-human whose problem with Boys Town is like, some young boys just deserve to die. And it's like, <laughs> no one thinks that or says that. That is not... No. <laughs> um.
1: That's no one's opinion. Come on. <laughs> I want to touch on religion, actually, because there's a complicated character in this movie, and-, and the character himself is not complicated, but the portrayal of him is complicated, and it's Mo who is one of the kids who, like, well, he doesn't immediately take to Whitey. At first, Whitey is a total jerk to him. And he comes into the barbershop that Moe apparently runs and asks for a trim. And Moe, like, pretends to give him a haircut. And then it's like, see, great. Isn't that good? And he's like, yeah, it's a good job. Now for a massage. And Mo is like, what? <laughs> he says, yeah, massage. I want the whole work. <laughs> So he leans Whitey back and puts the towel on him and then covers his face in shoe polish, like black shoe polish. And then he's like, oh, no, it's roll call. You better run out there. So Whitey goes to roll call with black shoe polish all over his face and everybody laughs at him. And then he discovers that it's there because he takes his handkerchief out and wipes his face. And then he goes back to the barbershop and like in what is actually a really good shot. Like Mo turns the sign around on the barbershop that says that they're closed for the day, and Whitey doesn't care, just like goes in the door and slams it, and then you hear like hitting and things breaking, but you don't see it. You just see this shot of the door. That's a cap remove that one shot, and I'm not saying that the directing of this movie is otherwise that good. But, like, that one thing felt very stolen from Frank Capra.
0: (laughs) I would agree. I think that's the only actual standout shot. There's a couple of good shots in the alley during the, like, bank robbing sequence. Yeah. But, like, mostly this movie is not very visually interesting.
1: No. But anyway, so they get hauled into the council, and the council is like, yeah, well, you're gonna have to milk cows or whatever, but shake hands and now you're friends. And at first, Mo is like yeah, whatever. But Whitey is like, no, we're supposed to be friends, right? And for some reason, in the like, grand tradition of men kicking each other's asses and then becoming pals, which I think is more talked about than it is a real thing. I mean, I don't know. I'm not
0: a dude. Weirdly, I think this is the right age for it. I've told you the story about how I like had a bully as a little kid who just like hounded me for like years and years. And there was like a trampoline in the neighborhood. And then I got so angry at this kid, I pushed him off the trampoline and thought I broke his arm and like ran home crying to my parents. And then he came over and said he wanted to be best friends with me. And then we were friends for years and years and years. And I luckily didn't learn the lesson that violence solves everything from that the way I could have.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah. So it does actually happen, apparently, based on one anecdote.
0: <laughs> the thing I think is realistic about it is that it is not so much that like brotherly comrades in arms. Now that I've fought you, I truly know you. Thing. It's just that little boys just forget about things instantly because it's not so much their friends because they got in a fight. It's that they're friends because they were. Standing next to each other when they saw the pool table, that made Whitey decide he wanted to be mayor.
1: Right, because only the mayor and the council get to play pool, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, at this point, he's like, Yeah, I'm going to run for mayor, and then we'll all get to play pool. And Mo's like, You can't do that. And then Pee Wee says, I'll <laughs> vote for you.
0: Which I imagine Pee Wee says to 50 people every day. <laughs> Yeah,
1: the first time we see him and Tommy introduces himself as the mayor, Pee-Wee is like, I voted for you. So Whitey says to Mo, when I'm mayor, I'll make you finance counselor. And Mo is the only Jewish kid in the movie. We know this because when he's saying grace, he's like saying some Hebrew prayer and like Whitey makes a shitty comment about his nose, which is part of the reason why Mo hates him at first. And I was kind of like, okay, cool, I'm glad that Whitey got his comeuppance for being, like, an anti-Semitic jerk. But then he turns around and is like, yeah, you could be finance counselor of all of the counselors that are possible. And Mo's reaction is just to, like, grin. Yeah. And it like is a lingering shot on him being really excited about being finance counselor, yeah, and I was really i was I was bothered by that
0: well, I mean there's also the whole thing where like Mo is technically
1: yeah, but I felt like blackface was actually like when Whitey is explaining why he beat Mo up and he says he made me look like a mammy singer and I'm I don't jive with that or something like that. Or I'm not down with that in whatever 1938 gangster speak is. Yeah. And I know, because I understand the context in which this film was made, that Mickey Rooney's opposition is not that he doesn't approve of minstrels. No. But- It is not blackface that is represented in the way of like, this is an okay thing that's entertaining. It's a punishment that has been inflicted on him by someone who doesn't like him.
0: Yes, it is very specifically he does this to him because he thinks it will get him in trouble. And he will look like an asshole to everyone else in school for being in blackface. Right, Which is, you're right, a very different thing. I don't quite know how I feel about it. I'm not really going to give it like, extra points or demerits either way, this movie just kind of occasionally touches on some complicated stuff that it... I don't want it to be in the movie, so I don't have to deal with it mostly, and not because I think like it is handled especially well or especially badly.
1: Yeah, I mean... the My issue, I guess, is that I was moved at first that they thought to represent a Jewish kid at all. And, like, yes, there were Jewish homeless kids and there were Jewish kids who were in trouble. And it's nice that there is this place where, like, everybody can be whatever it is that they want. And if it had been left at that without this weird finance counselor, because the council is, like, four boys, right? He could have been anything. Or if they'd expounded on it, like, and I'll make you finance counselor, because that's the most powerful counselor of all, or something like that.
0: I mean, one is, once again, I'm the only one that wants to see the movie where I read the full 20-page charter of Boys Town's mayoral elections.
1: (laughs) I don't not want to know what they are.
0: That whole section is why. But this is clearly a movie where it's like, they're all just counselors. It's not at some point they're like, that's not the purview of the finance chair. Right. Like like no one fucking cares what any of the counselors are. It's just the mayor and then the other boys. Right. And so like, just don't mention what counselor you're going to make him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that was like the one major sort of, thing that popped out at me where i was like this is making me like tug at my collar
0: yeah but i'm willing to kind of uh, to not ignore that but go like again they also have a muslim kid in the scene of like you can worship whatever you want to worship i will give a lot of points to that scene because there are a lot of movies in 2018 that are trying to be this like inspirational whipped from the headlines, like. Sandra Bullock and a black kid save a football team or whatever movie that, like, wouldn't do that. Is
1: that an actual film?
0: Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I forget the name of it, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's an actual film. But, like, movies like that are what this is. Yeah. And, like, a lot of them would not bother to have a whole, like, hey, this isn't explicitly Christian. We know Father Flanagan is, but this thing is actually about something larger than that. Right. Yeah, some of the subtext of this movie goes some places i don't necessarily love but the actual explicit message is hey worship literally whatever you want to worship including just don't go to worship like no one cares
1: so should we rate this book
0: uh yeah sure uh i am gonna say a six
1: uh i was gonna say seven but i don't hmm
0: i mean i was honestly i was kind of thinking five
1: really okay I mean I, yeah, I mean I I I think it's a it's for all the problems in it it is a tight little film in a way that it could have very well not been. I don't feel like there's any scene in it that is superfluous to the plot even when it is like hey let's do something that's comedic. It's like still driving the plot forward, which is above average in our
0: experience. Yeah, that, I mean that's the that- that's honestly why I came around to a six is like, it isn't so much that this movie does nothing either remarkable or offensive. It's just that like, it's, it's, I don't know. There are parts of this movie that to me don't work. This is not a great film. This is a like film that you would have in the 1930s taken your kid to because like school's on a break and you just got to get him to shut up for an hour, you know, <laughs> that, that like, I don't know, it's Sunday, they've been running around and screaming for, like, all day. We've got to do something. Let's go see Boys Town. This is a movie that it is weird to me got nominated for Best Picture. It is a fine film. It doesn't screw anything up. I imagine it's because, like, there are enough cute kid performances in this. A- apparently, this is where Spencer Tracy wins his Oscar.
1: Well, he won for this and he won for Captain Courageous. both.
0: Well, he... Mm, Neither are really his best performances. They're they're both performances where I don't think he's literally Satan, which is a big step up from where he was in like the early 30s.
1: Yeah, I mean, his performance in Test Pilot, I think, is actually much more impressive because that's an entire character that should not work. Yeah. Whereas like, well, I mean, his character in Captain's Courageous shouldn't work. It also doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like any Yahoo could play Father Flanagan and it would be fine because it's like a very, very heartstring-tugging, tear-jerking film. Yeah. Drop any cardboard cutout in that role and the kids are still going to make you cry.
0: Yes. I will say in Spencer Tracy's defense, a lot of actors could come off super creepy as Father Flanagan.
1: That's true. I definitely had that feeling where I was like, why is this Catholic priest so bent on having his own town of boys Yes, 10 miles away from the nearest town?
0: And like, there are only a couple of moments with Pee Wee where you're like, why are we watching this scene? That really, it's not really Spencer Tracy's fault. It's just that like it makes you realize how off the rails this movie could feel.
1: He definitely is able to stay on the right side of he loves all of these kids as a father and no other way.
0: Yeah, and like, I think Mickey Rooney's kind of hit or miss in this movie. When he hits, it's really good. When he misses, he's Mickey Rooney.
1: Yeah, anytime that he has to, like, shout and be like, no, I, w- I wasn't, I wasn't going to turn it in. <laughs> See? I'm like, oh my God, I hate Mickey Rooney. I forgot.
0: He also has the worst laugh in the history of the world.
1: He really does.
0: It's, that's the sound I'm going to hear when I die.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you go to hell. Yes. What's interesting is actually both Freddie Bartholomew and Jackie Cooper were considered for this role. Freddie Bartholomew would be totally wrong. Yes. Because I cannot buy Freddie Bartholomew as anything but Little Lord Fancy Pants. Mm-hmm. But Jackie Cooper would have killed it.
0: Uh, see, now I'm torn because here's the thing is this is actually that like Whitey is actually a really surprisingly hard role.
1: That's true. I don't know if Jackie Cooper could pull off the hard gangster shell.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. I think the part where it like breaks down and the part where you always see underneath where he's like a good kid... I think Jackie Cooper could do. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I don't know how much Mickey Rooney understands he's doing a bad job pretending to be a gangster in the first two thirds of this movie. Right. I think that's the most effective part of his performance in a weird way. But I don't know if Mickey Rooney thinks he's doing a bad job on purpose or not.
1: Right, right. No, I know. I know exactly what you mean. Like It's very transparent that this kid is nowhere near as hard as he is pretending to be.
0: Yeah. I think there's a weird way where, like, Jackie Cooper would have done a better job in a way that I'm not sure would have made a better movie. I
1: don't even know that I can picture Jackie Cooper being hard. But then we also haven't really seen Skippy, where he's apparently a brat. Yeah. I would also say, though, when Jackie Cooper does the screaming, crying, throwing a fit thing, though, it's very affecting. And that was the point in the movie where... Not when Mickey Rooney is, like, absolutely destroyed, but when he's, like, crying and yelling at his brother that he can't let Boys Town fall apart and he's gonna have to snitch. That was the point where I was like, Mickey Rooney can't do both at the same time.
0: That kind of is my biggest problem with the movie in general, is not Mickey Rooney, but, like, there are a lot of scenes where at least one of the child actors, you're like... They should have rewritten this because this kid can't actually quite do this thing. Right. Every kid has a thing that they're really pretty good at doing. And like acting is hard, especially like acting for film this early when you're a kid and trying to have a range. You want like five actors who can do that. That's crazy. Five actors who can do that don't exist in the world.
1: Not who are 13 and under.
0: Yes, exactly. To me, that then. Even if I don't want to blame a little 12-year-old kid for not being able to pull off a scene, it's still somebody's fault. They should have rewritten it so that once you figured out that, you know, Pee-wee can do this, can't do that. The current mayor of Boys Town Boy can't actually seem hard or threatening in any way.
1: Tommy. Yeah, when he's like, you know, I used to be hard. And I'm like, no, you weren't.
0: No, no, you weren't. You should get one of the other 800 interchangeable boys in the background of this shot to be, like, his best friend who's kind of a heavy. Because he can't do that at all. No. Spencer Tracy does a surprisingly good job working with child actors. It seems like the director does a pretty good job working with child actors. But, like, the science isn't there yet on this many kid actors in a film.
1: That's, that's, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, I... I think a six is good. Okay. Yeah. We did it. We did it. You you talked me into it. So should you watch this movie? Uh, mm, I don't think you should necessarily like go out of your way to. Yeah, I
0: I don't think so. I mean, I... I, uh, I yeah, I just don't think so. I, I'm trying to...
1: I'm not going to tell you to run screaming from it. Yeah. But don't run screaming to it either. <laughs> so next week, we are watching... Leslie Howard in Pygmalion.
0: Which is apparently a movie about Sherlock Holmes solving crimes from the poster.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he is definitely smoking a pipe with, like, the dark night lit by a gas street lamp.
0: Because I know the actual plot of Pygmalion, I know what this poster is trying to say. But it definitely looks like a movie about Sherlock Holmes trying to decide whether a woman on the street or a woman of nobility did a big murder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that, that is what it looks like. It's a fantastic poster, but not for this movie. Yeah. Anyway, tune in next week to find out if this movie actually follows the George Bernard Shaw play, or is a proto-Sherlock Holmes film.
0: And to find out who killed Mr. Higgins.
1: (laughs) Ah, And until then... This was a
0: movie. Honestly, at parts, I kind of thought this movie was going to just be that episode of The Simpsons where Bart runs for student council president. (laughs) But it wasn't. It was its own thing that was a movie.
1: (laughs) Goodbye, everybody.
0: Hello, pee what you got, the mumps?
1: No, candy. Mm-hmm. Say, what's your name? Oh,
0: this is Mr. Burton, pee
1: Hi, Hiya, Burton. Mr. Burton? He's the chairman of Father Flanagan's board. I'm going to be mayor someday.